when we talk about the supply of the Holy Spirit, you need to understand that there are certain things that you do not know that you need to know if you fulfill destiny. When we talk about the supply of the Spirit and the enablement of the Spirit, you need to understand it from the perspective. As we worship, the Holy Spirit brought to my mind a story I read um, a few years ago about Henry Ford, the guy who started, you know, automobile engines, manufacturing that in the U.S. and started to produce cars. They interviewed him once and they said, um, we're talking about why he did what he did and what, he, he, and you know, he said something very remarkable. He said, talking about their needs, said, most of the time, human beings, they don't know what they need. They just, they know they need something, but they don't know what they need. He said, if, you, if I had asked them what they, what they wanted, they would have said they needed a faster horse that they could ride on. <laughs> but uh, I know what they need. It's not a bigger or faster horse. It's a, a, a machine or a, a vehicle that's powered that can move. You know, if you ask someone, if I ask somebody in my village who had never seen civilization before, and the person is praying and spraying for water, yeah. The person may not know that it's possible for you not to do anything. The water is powered into your house or it's, you know, piped into your house and all that. The person is praying for a well where he could draw out from because that's the level that a person can understand. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes when you pray, when I pray, we pray based on our level, what we have seen or what our mind can unravel. But what God wants to do is bigger. Somebody here this morning, you need to desire a, a, a next level that you don't even know. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And the Bible says that it's he that searches the heart that knows what is the mind of the spirit. Talking about the spirit of God, knowing what is the mind of God. So the spirit of God knows the mind of God for me. Knows the mind of God for me. That's why the Bible says that we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit, He makes intercession for us because He knows the mind of God. He knows the plans of God. He knows the capabilities of God. And He knows things that exist in the realm of God that my mind cannot unravel. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying today. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, when we say we should embrace the Spirit, or, or pray that the spirit will energize us or enable us we, we don't understand what, what we're saying except we break it down like this to help somebody to understand that your brain is too small to run your destiny if it's by brain Jesus will not say in, in John 14 when you read from verse 15, 16 he said, I send you another comforter. The word comforter there is from the Greek word parakletos. A, a helper. You know, the advocate. The new King James here says, another helper. King James says, another comforter. An advocate. The one who sorts you out. 
if my brain is big enough to sort out all the issues of my life, Jesus will not say, I'm going to send you, keep that scripture there for me. Jesus will not say, I'm going to send you another comforter, another helper, that he may abide with you forever. John 14 and verse 16. Another helper, that he may abide with you forever. So when we sing songs like this, we ask for the supply of the Spirit, and we emphasize that it's not by power, not by might, but by your spirit. You need to, you need to understand what we're talking about. You need to understand what we're talking about. I don't know where you are in your journey of destiny but one thing is certain if you don't need the Holy Spirit God will not say I'm sending you the Spirit and you also need to understand that as regards your, your, your Christian walk your walk of faith is not a walk of struggle oh in the first service my wife brought us a great word and after the service and as, in, as we stood there and she led us in prayer I was just praying Holy Spirit just help me to gravitate towards the center of the will of God because you know the mind of God just put me help me to understand the next things that God wants to do because there's nothing like being on the place of your assignment based on what God has proposed to do you look like a genius you know they say on the football field the star players are not the ones running after the ball they are the ones who understand where the ball is going and they went ahead. So that by the time somebody throws a pass, it lands with them and then the next thing is to net it. And then everybody's shouting. The guy looks like a genius. That's what the Holy Spirit does to us or for us. Helps us to be where the, the ball is going. Not where the ball has been, not where the ball has left, but where the ball is going. So that when the ball lands there, you're already there. Say amen somebody. You're already there. You're there. And then you look like a genius. The only thing God wants is for you to be able to reference the fact that it's the Holy Spirit. Not by power. Not by might. But by my spirit. Yeah. So you don't arrogate the glory to yourself. And you don't say, you know, I'm, I'm good, you know. No. To be able to say, no, I'm enjoying the supply of the spirit. Somebody this season, you will enjoy the supply of the spirit. There shall be no more dryness around your life. No more confusion around your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I said no more confusion around your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So this morning we're going to be praying. I'm going to teach a bit just for a few minutes and then we're going to pray. And then we're going to also have the privilege of praying and ministering to people who want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you want to be baptized. We want to be able to do that today. Yeah. It's your choice if you want to submit yourself to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But we want to make that opportunity available to you today so that you, you, you know that you can get that supply, that overflowing supply of the Spirit. Glory be to Jesus. In Second Kings chapter 6, my wife started from there in, in first service and I just want to emphasize you know, the import of what happened there in, in Second Kings chapter 6, when you read from verse 8, it was a story of the king of Syria who was planning an attack on the king of Israel. Now, the king of Syria was making war against Israel. He consulted with his servant, saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. And 
the man of God sent to the king of Israel saying, Beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are coming down there. Verse 10. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Now this was what was happening. The man of God there was Elisha the prophet. Elisha was receiving revelation from God. The king of Syria in his war room with his generals, they planned their moved, moves. And God reveals that to Elisha by the spirit. And then Elisha told the king of Israel, watch, don't go this place, don't go to that place. Not once, not twice, severally. And then the king of Syria was perplexed. The Bible says in verse 11, Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by these things. And he called his servant and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? There's a traitor in this house who keeps revealing our secrets to our enemies. But there was a guy there who had an understanding. And the Bible says in verse 12, And one of his servants said, None, my lord, none, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. (laughs) By the spirit, not by power, not by might, by the spirit. He said, king, before you kill us, you need to understand, the people we are dealing with, there's there's a game changer, There's, there's something that is different. They have the spirit. And they have a man of God who happened to be the custodian of the spirit. And in the New Testament, the Bible says, uh, I think in First Peter 2, 9, said we have been made priests and kings to our God. In the Old Testament, the, the prophets, the priests, some have privileged relationships with God. In the New Testament, I am first and foremost the king, the priest, and the prophet of my life. Before God will send other prophets to me. Or a, a pastor to shepherd me. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. The foremost thing in the New Testament is that by the supply of the Spirit, we are initiated into a level of relationship with God that we have a first level foundational relationship with God before God uses the fivefold ministry offices of apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and pastors to help to equip the saint for the work of the ministry. But primarily speaking, the saints have a one-on-one with God. How somebody still following me today? So what Elisha was doing here in the Old Testament was exclusively preserved for prophets and all that. In the New Testament, a New Testament believer can operate at that level with God, in your personal work with God. You can operate at that level. It does not remove the office of the prophet in the New Testament, so they are still prophets, they are still pastors, and all that. But every believer in Christ Jesus has a privileged relationship with God upon which you can operate at that level. That you can pray spirit enabled prayers. Because that's what we're, we're discussing in this short hesitation before we pray. Spirit enabled prayers. Somebody needs to get to a point. We've been emphasizing, you know, the need for us to. to Pray and connect with God and desire a fresh supply of the Holy Spirit. 
Somebody needs to get to a point as we round up this series where you need to let yourself know that the connection between where I am and my next level is not just wishing and desiring. It's first and foremost desiring the enablement of the Holy Spirit. Who knows my next level more than I know my name? Who understands what is next in God's agenda for me? And as I allow him to enable me in the place of prayer, I try to get a full understanding, the full import of what is ahead of me. I need somebody here to understand this morning. The fact that you have captured the present, the present time, does not mean you have captured the future. The future is in the hand of God. It's called the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end and everything in between. Are you still with me this morning? Now, if you feel good, you know, with yourself and all you do right now is just to to cruise. You're, You're just coasting. You are not paying specific attention to how you're going to grow in your spiritual experience. How you're going to lash on to the Holy Spirit and allow him to pull you to your next level. And where we do that, especially doing it from our heart, is in the place of prayer. When we start to pray, spirit-enabled prayers. Because what spirit-enabled prayers do is that they, 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 they just connect us to the mind of God expressly. Connect us to the mind of God expressly. Romans chapter 8, in verse 26 and 27 from the New Living Translation, says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we do not know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us, believers, in harmony with God's own will. The Spirit pleads for believers in harmony with God's own will. There are many things that God wants to reveal to you. There are things God wants to place in your heart by his spirit when you start to depend on him. Sometimes it happens maybe uh, through a dream. My wife shared an experience in the first service about uh, a, a guy who, who used to be here, is relocated now, lives abroad, and who used to function, I think, in a protocol unit. And, you know, the, the, when you were telling the story, I remembered it quite well. What actually happened, which you didn't say, was that we were shooting a production, a short clip that I wanted to use in the service. And we used um, a place in VI, someone's office, to, sh- to, make that, to do that shoot. And uh, um, this guy was one of them. The shoot was prolonged. They went into the night. And when they finished the shoot, it was Parable of Talent that we changed to a story. This was the early days of this church, a uh, few months, like five months into starting this church. Yeah. And then when they finished the shoot, the guy was getting home, was going home maybe past midnight. He was living with his uncle. And uh, somehow he got into the compound, but his uncle's guard had released the dogs. They were not small dogs. They were not um, pussycats. Or, I mean, just, sorry. <laughs> you know, all these chihuahua, what do they call them? Also, no, no, that's, chihuahua. No, that's, not, that's not the kind of dogs we're talking about. These massive dogs. He got in there. He had only his laptop bag in his hand. They are, the dogs allowed him to get into the middle of the compound. And then they unleashed on him. Now, a few days before, my wife was just praying. Like two days before, my wife was praying. 
And I mean, she, she, no, she said she went to bed early. And about midnight, she just woke up. And the only thing she felt was like uh, something about a, a dog charging at someone. And she prayed, prayed, prayed until she felt a relief. That was spirit-enabled prayer. She felt a relief, and then she went back to bed. Exactly two days later, this happened. And this guy, the testimony was this, because we visited him in the hospital. He was in the hospital for about a week. Yeah. When we visited him in the hospital, the doctors said something. They said the dogs were sinking their teeth into certain parts of his body. He still has some marks on some part of his face. He, he lives in Canada now. He's one of our, I still saw him last September. Uh, um, there was a part of his body, I think his leg or his thigh area, the doctor said it was like half an inch to a major artery. That if the dog, if the teeth should cut into that particular artery, there was no way he wouldn't have died before he, he got to the hospital because he would have lost a lot of blood. I can't remember which part of his body they said the artery was. Just a little. It was his laptop that he was using to shield his heart, the major part of his body. He thought if this, if it hit my heart, he was, you know, using his laptop too. And was screaming until his uncle heard and came down and chased the dogs away and they rushed him to the hospital immediately. And his life was preserved. He was in the hospital for about a week. And he came back to church, shared his testimony and was here with us for about three years before he relocated. God preserved his life. I was a young guy, a, a teenager, I think, when one day, uh, I believe, God inspired or enabled me to pray a prayer that would save the life of my oldest brother. It was almost the same kind of thing. I was sleeping. And in my dream, I saw my brother in an accident. I've shared the story before. I saw my brother in an accident and, you know, blood all over him. And I was... You know, I just woke up and I felt, you know, sometimes some people hear your dream, you don't even remember your dream and all that. That means it's not important. If you are in the spirit and you dream a dream that is important, the Holy Spirit quickens you when you wake up to remember it. Yeah, it will quicken you. What you do with it is your business. That's why you need to live a life that is dependent on the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I woke up prayed my heart out. Now, this was what happened. A day after, my brother left for his friend's wedding somewhere um, in the other part of the country and they were driving. This was many years ago. And that time was just the two of us living in the house. He was the best man. They were going on the road and they had a fatal accident. And it was exactly the way it was in my dream. The only thing was that God preserved in his life. Because it was around 4 a.m. that he knocked the door. And I opened up. His jacket, you know, covered in blood. The only thing was that it was not his own blood. It was the blood of the other people in the car. That's what he told me. So I see all this blood stain. He said, not my blood. Said, I don't have anything on my body. He said, I deposited everybody in the, office, in the hospital. Before. That's why I've been doing all night, all through the night. Yeah, because they found a way to drive back to Lagos. Somebody told somebody's vehicle, this one, that one. They pulled the one in the ditch out. And then he was putting people in the hospital. He got back home around 4.30 a.m., knocked the door. Yeah. 
He couldn't even make the wedding again. I think before he got back somewhere in Oshun State, he, he couldn't because he had to settle people. And I was just thankful to God. Yeah, I was just thankful to God. So if you open up your heart to God, God wants his spirit to enable you to pray spirit-prompted, spirit-enabled prayers. What's spirit-enabled prayer? It is a prayer that is powered, guided, and instigated by the Holy Spirit. Prayer that is powered, guided, and instigated by the Holy Spirit. It's powered, guided, and instigated by the Holy Spirit. And it's also important for you to note that you can pray spirit-enabled prayers in an unknown tongue and in your understanding. Because when we say spirit-enabled prayers... Uh, Some people think we're talking about when you're speaking in tongues only. When you're speaking in tongues, you are already opened up for spirit-enabled prayers. But when you pray in your local language or in English or French or whatever language suits you, you can still pray spirit-enabled prayers. I haven't said that. I will encourage and admonish that you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because praying in tongues, which actually is different from speaking in tongues, because I'm speaking English right now, but I'm not praying in English. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. That's the difference between praying in tongues and speaking in tongues. Uh, let's, let's read a scripture. Maybe I should just quickly unpack that a bit for someone here. 1 Corinthians 14, when you read from verse 12. 1 Corinthians 14 from verse 12. And the same is true since you are eager to have this special ability. I'm reading from, um, from New Living Translation. Yeah. The same is true since you have, you're so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives. Seek those that will strengthen the old church. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for, his ability, for the ability to interpret uh, what has been said. For if, this, if I pray in tongues... My spirit is praying. He said, if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. But I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, then, what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit, I will also sing in words I understand. This is what Apostle Paul was saying here to the Corinthians church. Seek to be able to pray in the spirit. But when it comes to just speaking in tongues, it says when you are speaking in tongues, trust God to give you interpretation of what you are saying. That's not like automatic that God will always tell you. Because the Bible says he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto man but unto God, but albeit in the spirit is speaking mysteries to God. The whole thing about baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is a work of faith. If somebody can speak French here right now, like my brother here, I know he speaks French. Yeah. If, it's, if, if I invite him now to say one or two words in French, you have to believe that he's saying something and it's making sense. You don't know what he's saying. Come, my brother. Yes, yes come, come. Yeah, come. I know you speak French. Yeah. 
he's, he's a Frenchman. Yeah. Okay. Don't be deceived by his color. He's French. <laughs> just, how do I put it now? Should you greet us? Don't curse us. Just, <laughs> because I can't speak French myself. Or bless us in French. Ben, je, ben, je vous bénis au nom de l'Éternel. Voilà. What does it sound like to you, like speaking in tongues? Like just saying, hey, Mary, Balobo, Shahan, Yeah. Is it not like the same thing? Now, if you don't know he was speaking French, you would think that he was speaking in tongues. Actually, tongues, the way the Bible... I mean, what it means is language. Yeah. When the Bible says they spoke in other tongues, it meant other languages. Yeah. From the day of Pentecost, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, they, they spoke in other tongues, other languages. Now, the language of the Spirit is what we now, New Testament believers, call tongues. That's the language of the Spirit. And if you, if you hear it, you don't understand it, and if you are a rookie in the things of the faith, you think they're speaking gibberish. They're just saying nonsense that they don't understand. When I, when I minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit to people, some of them say, Pastor, I just don't want to be saying what I don't understand. And I say, it's the Holy Spirit that's giving you utterance. It's this language you're speaking. Eh, but but, but some, some of you may still have that in your mind. I want to bring it down. So you understand. This man just spoke a different language to us right now. If I didn't announce to you before that he's a French man, because I know him, you would think, if I just say, come, come, just bless the Lord in the spirit. Just, just. <laughs> Anybody that is in church this morning that understands French will say, oh, no, 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 he's speaking French. That was what happened in the, on the day of Pentecost. As they were praying, glorifying God in tongue, some people there were from Arabia. They said, how come these people who were Jews were speaking to us in our own language? The people speaking did not know what they were saying. How somebody is following me this morning? God bless you, sir. Please have your seat. Let's appreciate it. Yeah. Spraying in the language of the spirit has already given you express access to spirit-enabled praying. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. That's why you should seek to be able to pray in tongues or speak in tongues. Now, even if you are praying in English or other languages, the Holy Spirit still wants to enable your praying. So, Spirit-enabled prayers is not the exclusive preserve of only the people who speak in tongues. But the people who speak in tongues are better positioned to engage Spirit-enabled prayers because they are already speaking the language of the Spirit. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me? Very, very important. Very important. If you, if you are praying to the Prime Minister of France, who will you want to listen to first? Is it not the person that is speaking French? Or, the, or is it the one that you need an inter- interpreter for? In this case, truly and truly, God doesn't need an interpreter for any language. But the Holy Spirit is the one that is praying through us. He's the one that knows the mind of God. Because what the Holy Spirit does when he wants to instigate prayer. He wants to guide us in prayer is that he starts to give us specific words or experiences like the dreams that I've shared. Sometimes specific words. You are just praying in your own language. Some people say, I enjoy prayer more when I pray it in my mother tongue. 
So you see them wrapping Igbo in prayer and just speaking it, speaking it. And there are specific words that will be coming out that even you yourself will be wondering, where did I get that from? That's spirit-enabled prayers. The spirit just flowing through you to be able to say certain things in prayer that is according to the mind of God. So when we invite the Holy Spirit to lead us in our prayer life, it will inspire and energize us. According to 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 4. The Spirit will inspire and energize us. That's what will happen. It will inspire, it will energize us. Uh, uh, please put, put, put the slide off, somebody. Please help me, put it up. Yeah. It will inspire and energize us. Then the next thing the Holy Spirit also does when we invite him to help us in the place of prayer is that he plants a burden in our hearts and intercedes for us. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 26 there, it says uh, the Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be altered. You know, sometimes some people mismanage burdens. Your heart is heavy. Instead of taking it as a, as a clue to pray about something, you turned it to a source of worry. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. That you just wake up one morning and you're just feeling uncomfortable, maybe about your children, or maybe about your daughter or your son. Instead of turning it to a source of worry, would you ask yourself, Holy Spirit, is this a burden in my heart? Are you trying to instigate my heart to pray for this child? Yeah. Sometimes you just get a strong burden about marriages that are going through stuff. You may not even remember anyone, but you just feel, ah, people are suffering in marriage. And they, there's a like, heaviness that comes upon you. That's what we call a burden. When you yield to that and start to pray, you're praying spirit-enabled, spirit-energized, spirit-inspired prayers. It's just a matter of time. Sometimes the Holy Spirit brings somebody across your path whom actually you are praying for. By the time they say what has been happening and what has happened, you will know that maybe this person has been praying for. Is somebody still with me today? Glory be to God. Uh, Put it back on, please. So when we invite the Holy Spirit to lead us in our prayer, prayer life, like I said, it will inspire and energize us. It will plant a burden in our heart. And intercedes for us. He also enabled a prayer language that is unknown to our natural mind. That's the the prayer language of the spirit that I just spoke about. He enables a prayer language that is unknown to our mind. The Holy Spirit wants to do a lot through us. But it's when we yield to him that he's able to do what he wants to do. It's when we yield to him. All through the Bible, you see people who prayed spirit-enabled prayers. I mean, you need to ask yourself, how come in 1 Chronicles 4, from verse 9, uh, Jabez, all of a sudden, from somewhere, just started to feel there's more, there's more, there's more. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, when you, when you read from verse 9, it says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. So this guy, with all that's going on around him, one thing, all he remembers is that they're still calling me son of pain or son of sorrow, because that's what his name meant. And he felt there's more. There's more. And in verse 10, 1 Corinthians 4, 10, and Jabez called on the name of the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you will bless me indeed. There's blessing and there's indeed blessing. Yeah. I did a series once that I called HD blessing, high definition blessing. Indeed, blessing is high definition blessing. The kind of blessing that is not black and white. You know, there's TV that's black and white, there's color TV, then there's HD TV. (laughs) 
where even a blind man will see, see the color as bright as this. He know that your life is colorful and this is God doing this, not man. That's, that's, that's indeed blessing. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, but he prayed a spirit-inspired prayer that says, oh, that you will bless me, HD blessing. High definition. Because there's more with you. He may not understand what was going to happen, how, what is in the next level, but he yielded to the prompting of the Holy Spirit to pray that prayer. And enlarge my territory that your hand will be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. I can go on and on. Honor, pray, spirit, enabled prayer. All the shame and everything around him. The other wife was provoking him. Yet her husband was protecting her and saying, no, you're okay for me. But at a point, the Holy Spirit started to prompt his heart. First Samuel chapter 1, when you read from verse 12 to 15. Anna, the Bible says, and it happened as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli watched her mouth. Now Anna spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. She was praying with like groaning, just, just, just allowing the spirit to push out through her. When Eli saw her, said, woman, you are drunk. And I said, I'm not. It is out of the burden that I carry, knowing that there is more for me with God than this limitation of barrenness that I'm experiencing. And I prayed through to the end that the prophet told her. Eli told her, you know what? Just go. The Holy Spirit cannot be moving somebody like this and God will not move. God has moved. Go. Yeah? It's come to a point where somebody needs to allow the Holy Spirit to burden your heart, to energize your heart, not with worry and fretting, but with a burden that can take you to the place of prayer like a woman that is ready to bath the next level. You know, when a woman is ready to give birth, there's nothing you can do the, what do you call it? The contractions will come. When it comes, uh, it, it has come. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. It has come. The next thing is for the woman to apply herself to it. Many of us are carrying such. We are misunderstanding it. When you think that the pain to bath your next level is the pain to kill you, you will mismanage it. I don't know if somebody's understanding what I'm saying. Yeah. There's body and intensity of heart. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. And as soon as Zion travails, she brought forth. If you don't, if you're not ready to travel in the place of prayer, you may not be able to bath your next level. Because that's a next level. That's a next level. That's a next level. I said, there's a next level. Glory be to Jesus. Rise up on your feet, everybody. There's a next level. There's a next level. And as you pray, spirit enabled prayers, what happens is that the Holy Spirit starts to energize us from within. Put burdens in our heart. Makes us to know that there's more where everything we have right now came from. And that God is the one that is not just the God of today, but God of the future. Who's going ahead of you?
to prepare something greater than what you have experienced. And much more than that, he wants you closer. And the only way he can draw you closer is through the help of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Through the help of the Holy Spirit. Through the help of the Holy Spirit. When you lock hands with the Holy Spirit and know that without him you can do nothing. But by his help you can do a lot. I mean you can just imagine if your brain brought you to where you are. What about if you start to walk with the Spirit of God? then see the kind of result you get. If you can get whatever you have right now just by thinking, then when the Holy Spirit starts to inspire that thinking, something's going to blow out. Something's going to blow out. Something's going to blow out. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit and you don't speak in tongues or, you know, pray in tongues, like I said, I've created an opportunity for you to be ministered to. And I'm going to tell you when to move to the hall where that is going to happen. But before then, can we spend some time to pray together? Will you lift your voice to heavens today and ask, Holy Spirit, fill my heart afresh. I want my next level. I know my next level is in you. I don't know it, but you do. And you can reveal it. You can help me to pray myself into it. Can you play that song for me? Fill me up till I overflow. I want to run home. I want to run home. Let's pray to him this morning. Pray to him this morning. Just play it in the background. That's the desire of somebody's heart this morning. Lift your two hands with him to him. And let him know Holy Spirit. I want to connect with you vitally. I want to connect with you vitally. I know you are the only one that can lead me to my next level.
believe there's more with you than what we have experienced. Someone who is wishing for more, will you ask God this morning by the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, open me up for more. Put a burden in my heart for more. Help me to seek God more that I may connect with more in Him. I want to run over. I want to run over. I want to run over. Run over of your spirit. Good measure, press down, running over. That's my measure, Jesus. Running over measure. Running over measure. Running over measure. Eketo prolobosa sikalaga bayaba. Ekendelige proloso sofrahanda lagabaya. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We take this second prayer. After which I'm going to ask for everyone who wants to who wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Our pastors are towards the end there. You just walk towards the back. We're leading you to the next all there and for just 15 minutes before you go uh, um, we're, we're, we're going to ask for you to maybe give your offerings there and whatever is left in the service so maybe from there you can go uh, um, but that's what I would want for you to do if you really desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit today but before then, can we pray today Paul said Great and effectual doors are open to me, but there are many adversaries. Sometimes somebody wants to desire a next level in the spirit, you know, but there's something holding you back. I remember a brother once, my friend who is a pastor, told me this. He said, I confronted a friend, a pastor, I mean, a, a brother in church. He said, This person has been in church for a long time. And said, You know what? I think you should do more for God. Would you be willing to serve in so and so? And then the person said, Pastor, I'll get back to you. And then the person sent another friend to him saying, Let Pastor know. I'm dealing with stuff right now. Yeah. As at which time this guy was still sleeping with his secretary. That's what he told his friend to tell the pastor that I, I, I need to stop all that before I can say Pastor is giving me assignment in church. I celebrate his sincerity. But what he didn't know is that sometimes. Is when you come to God clean. Say, Lord, I know you want to use me. I know there's more with you. All I ask is for you to help me to cut off from this ungodly relationship, to cut off from this evil habit, to cut off from this terrible, you know, unforgiveness or wickedness of heart that I'm abhorring, to cut off from this corrupt practice that is in my life that is still making me feel guilty when I come to your presence. There's God does not put guilt in our heart. The devil does. God is always inviting us that he may put his peace in our heart and give us the power to repent. That's what he's interested in. So this morning, lift your two hands to God. Whatever may be cutting you off from the supply of the spirit and hindering you from desiring the next level with the spirit, will you ask this morning, 
Lord, I receive power to cut off from such things. I receive power to break chains. Power to break to my next level. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the bodies will be destroyed. Yokes will be destroyed this morning. Every yoke of the devil holding me back. Every affinity for the works of unrighteousness. I stand against God this morning. I consciously pray, Holy Spirit, that you fill me up with the spirit of righteousness. That I will lose a desire for anything that holds me back from God. I'm breaking free this morning. I'm breaking free this morning. Holy Spirit, touch lives here right now. Touch people's hearts here right now. As we pray this prayer from our heart, we ask that you do your power. Let your power flow over this congregation. Let bodies be lifted. Let yokes be destroyed. In the name of Jesus, every yoke of unrighteousness, we command you destroyed this morning. Give us grace to desire you, to desire you, to desire you. Let things start to drop up from our lives. Anything that holds us back, let them start to drop up. Put the desire in somebody's heart this morning to want to serve you more. To want to love you more. Somebody, you need to humble yourself before God this morning. You know you cannot help yourself, but the help of the Spirit is here. The help of the Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is not here to condemn you, but to convict you that it may help you. That it may help you. Because you cannot help yourself. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Wave your hands to Him all over this place. Father, we thank you for the supply of your spirit this morning. We thank you for the supply of your spirit this morning. And we bless your name. We bless your name. Just wave your hands to him all over this place.